we'll funsies think- in chat, if you guys noticed, Bridge and I are being twinsies today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I had to weigh my Proteus <laughs> shit. And <laughs> yeah, obviously his isn't doesn't say Proteus. It says Sue Dorp, but like mine says mine says Proteus. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, I'm the uh, evil doppelganger. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't remember printing shirts like that, but, <laughs> but you know, I think uh, you, you you're legally only allowed to wear Proteus shirts. So yeah, uh, Jason. Yeah, actually, like, that's like my whole wardrobe. It's sort of like the men in black, you know, you open my closet and it's just nothing but Proteus gear. Yeah. yeah. Been, actually, um, the, the, the cool thing about that, too, is that we have a we're working on some T-shirt designs Ooh, with nice. somebody. I can't really talk too much about it, but the first one just got finished and it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty metal. Nice, nice. I'm excited about it. I'm a fan of shirts. I used, you know, collect a lot of band shirts uh, over the years, and yeah, it's time to collect some game shirts. Yeah, yeah. I've got like all my all my old game dev T-shirts and things over the years are now like sort of in this pressed. Like I don't want to get them touched <laughs> ah, anymore. Nice. Like my initial when I worked at Raven, they had these amazing Singularity T-shirts that were kind of like navy dark blue Ooh, nice. and had Singularity written in white with like the cool text. And on the back, it had like a diagram of the TMD. And now that's all just pretty much washed away at this mm. point. So now I've got it. Like, all tattered and like, he's like, no, don't die on no. me. Stay alive. Put on life support. Yeah, yeah and I've got several band shirts <laughs> like that that have, you know, warned, been worn to the point of disintegration. And I was just like, fuck. You know, from festivals <laughs> from 10 years ago. I was like, I can't actually get this anymore. I should have been more careful. Yeah, I know. Mm. I, so, yeah, I've got, I've got a few of them tucked away now. Um, the, the stupid thing is, like, when we when I was working at Payday, uh, on Payday, we would go to these, these uh, uh, events and things like that and give out T-shirts. And you would you would end up coming back home with five new T-shirts that were all just payday. So like most of my wardrobe is just payday <laughs> T-shirts now uh, of varying kinds and DLCs. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of funny. Right. I think um, yeah, we probably got a, enough of a quorum here to get started officially. Um, yeah, let's do it. So um, yeah, that's uh, the no time like the present. We'll, we'll launch into it. Um, yeah. So we will go. It's like the timestamp. Yeah, start on the 12 minutes. Very good. Uh, so yeah, um, we'll be opening up the, the viewer questions at the end. So hold on to them until I would, uh, say go. Otherwise I'll miss them. Hello and welcome to the uh, inaugural podcast, Burning Bridges with Bridgeburner. And uh, very lucky to have uh, one General Vivi uh, with us for the first the first guest, uh, creator of Proteus, um, along with a couple of other awesome people. Um, hello, General Vivi, thanks for joining us. Hey, there's like a there's like a mouse on the screen that I'm trying. To ah, <laughs> I'll get rid of that. Professional, I am a professional. Off to a great start. Yeah. Hey, Brett, how's it going? It's going good. It's good uh, to be here. Um. Yeah, so uh, we'll st- I think we'll start with a couple of the, the softball questions, the kind of kind of stuff you've probably been asked a million times, um, and talk about Proteus a little bit because uh, it is a, sure. a very cool game and uh, kind of um, uh, one of the uh, kind of one of the front wave of, of the big wave of retro F- retro FPS, whatever you want to call them, boomer shooters. Um, uh, you know that are kind of taking the market by storm at the moment. So um, where actually did the idea for Proteus come from? Um, you know, what, what was it? What was its genesis? Well, I think Mike has always wanted to kind of like just like from our backgrounds as modders and stuff like that and always into first person shooters. And I think 
you know, everybody wants to make their own first-person shooter someday. Mm. So, like, we basically got on this kick, and Mike had done this wonderful uh, prototype that was just before I, I kind of joined him, and it was essentially the very beginnings of Proteus, mm. and it wasn't quite Proteus just yet, but, like, the the evolution of it, I think he just wanted to just have, like, a really awesome throwback, and, um, you know, what better way than to sort of, like, pay homage to a bunch of the old schools mm. of the day but like with a and then you know when i come into it it's sort of like we're sort of taking like a new take on the idea with like a little bit more modern uh flair you know it doesn't look distinctly old school you know like there's there's something about it that you know still registers as like new ish but then yeah I'd, I'd agree like it's got it's got some of that old school those old school touches definitely and you can feel the references in there and i don't know if this was deliberate but like particularly the enemies they feel quite adjacent to doom uh, more than you know say a duke nukem or a quake or anything like that but you know the sure. design structure of the maps like the way that they're shaped definitely feels more new school um uh than yeah than, than say you know something like um dusk which is very you know very similar to quake in its visual design um, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, we definitely did that on purpose. It wasn't like uh, like the level design and the way that we, you know, when I was tackling the levels and stuff like that, definitely wanted to come in at a more modern style because uh, there, was, there was things that I, I liked about the old school level design and there was things that I didn't like about it. Um, one of the things that I didn't particularly like would be like... I don't remember which E2M this is, but it's like <laughs> the very first, the, the world of crates, essentially. I hate that map. Like, like, I hate that map. Okay. Okay. So, so like, E2M2, yeah. Like the extreme. That's like the extreme where, where that's bad design, in my opinion. Oh, um, we agree on that one. There's, there's chunks of it that are good. There's chunks of it that are good, like the way that the level flows, but like the moment to moment, like moving around mm -hmm. in a maze isn't necessarily fun for the player and they can get lost very easily, yeah. especially with everything looking the same. Yeah. So it's, it, it's a little, there's a little bit of that where I was like, okay, well, let's not try and emulate any of that. You know, let's mm -hmm. get rid of all the stuff that's like super annoying or frustrating for players and that like, Frustrating in a bad way and not a good way because there's sometimes things are frustrating but in a good way and you're enjoying that challenge. So yeah, you and like keep that. you know, you, you look frustrating. You know, something that takes a bit of bit of thinking to get around. Like like whether it's a, a combat puzzle or like a progression puzzle that can be can be done well and can be very satisfying when you solve it. But yeah, a, a, a bland maze of the same textures. Um, is not one of those things in my mind. No, um, and no, crate, crate no. mazes are definitely a meme of the Doom community, and they 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 still get made, and I still don't. Yeah. Like them. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like that's like probably one of the first things that I you know what I do remember that. So back in back in my Counter Strike days, um, there was like some famous maps called like it was like Aim Deagle or Deagle something. It was it was basically a crate maze. Was that a Counter Strike? Everybody map? had. Do you remember what it was called? Uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, essentially, everybody has a deagle, and you just get put into this maze of, like, varying proportions, but it's all crates, mm. and then each person sort of has, like, a base where they can start and they can try and snipe each other from, and then there's one skinny bridge that goes over the whole top, and that's sort of like the, the like, 
let's not try and like emulate anything mm. from this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's like, let's take a step away like, from that idea. Yeah. I mean, and I think um, for me, where I come from too, and I was thinking about this yesterday, actually, while I was reworking some of this, the, the campaign maps, uh, we're, we're having a bunch of, we're having like our upgrades that are finally going to go into the next few updates. And I'm just making sure that they all kind of work and are, you know, peaceful with the current levels. <laughs> um, and while I'm going over them, I'm thinking about, you know, the designs and like how we got to them and, and everything like that. And I think one of the key sort of one of the key features of our levels is this idea of flow where mm. you don't necessarily need the auto map or anything like that uh, to get through them. They have like a specific flow. And even if like some of them are more linear than others, um, even the ones that aren't linear necessarily do have like a certain type of flow to them that feels natural to the player mm. and guides them a little bit um, to where they can like not worry about the level and just enjoy the combat in the moment. And that's sort of like what when I think about our levels, I think that's kind of where we where we are and with the current set, mm. the next set of levels that we're going to be building are going to be a little different. They're going to be more open ended, um, which I'm kind of excited about. There's like a there's an interesting evolution to like the design of the levels that's going to be happening. Um, yeah, because yeah, I'd, I'd agree that um, you know that the the maps and, and the you know the, uh, the the current release um, do do lead the player quite well. Like I, um, very rarely did I feel actually lost in a map. Yeah, you know, so like, you know, sometimes there was the odd progression puzzle, but they were the like you say the the more satisfying type. Um, and I very rarely need to use the auto map. And I actually believe if you if your players are having to rely on the auto map a lot, you probably haven't built your level properly. Um, if they're getting lost all the time and having to refer to a map, unless it's like a more maze style, um, you know, real open, non-linear, sandboxy kind of kind of game, that's that's different. But for an action-based shooter, um, you want the player to be focusing on progressing and killing stuff and fighting the stuff that's fun yeah exactly this um, is what we're here like, for <laughs> yeah it's like you know, it's like oh yeah i'm an archaeologist so i love looking at maps and that's how i like to play my games um, <laughs> i feel like in some games they can get away with the sort of like mazy like maps and verticality and stuff like that but i feel like you have to have a really strong landmark presence mm. or landmark um, is so important. direction i mean i don't think just enemies alone in their spawn locations is going to be enough because you know how like some people will, like the very basics of like a level is here's a room there's some dudes I go forward I kill dudes there's more dudes yeah. I go towards them follow if the I dudes get lost, <laughs> yeah if I get lost and I go backwards and there's no dudes to shoot mm -hmm. I'm probably going in the wrong direction yes. right like that's like the very 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 basic yeah leading of, like, leading by combat yeah yeah um, and I think. I think uh, you can get away with some things to a certain point with that. But then when you want to start doing the more open stuff, you really have to start thinking a little bit uh, like, what are my other tools yeah. that I can use to uh, to draw the player or just to bring them in and, and not necessarily like we don't do a whole lot of um, like the quake messages or anything like that where it's mm. like you need two keys you yeah. know find the last <laughs> you key. have pressed a button press one. another button yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if like that came about i haven't really looked it up or anything but i wonder if that came about because the people were just having a hard time getting through their levels and they needed they needed something because you know it's 
it's so early on in the first person shooter mm-hmm. genre like, that like we need to lay this out of, make it real yeah, obvious like, what yeah. the fuck is this like yeah. so it's almost like well, like a, a tutorial for the rest of the generation it's like the sandy arrow in, in doom 2 doom 2 downtown yeah there's like an arrow pointing at progression like mm-hmm. a literal arrow drawn on the ground yeah it's like, like that is it's like go this, this way because like yeah. i imagine in testing people got lost because that is a non-linear fairly non-linear map layout yeah and um no it's like back to what you say about like you only need to play with combat and you know it and as a tool i think like the best maps they use a multitude of ways to show the player where to go and you don't drag them through it and go here is the obvious and railroad them through although you know some some maps do that and that's fine but like combination of landmarking so they know they can place themselves in the space um leading by light you know think places of interest ooh, lifts stairs people are always drawn to stairs and then using new enemies in an area that you've already been to like, ah that's probably where i need to go now and um that allows you to to loop the player through areas because that's that's something that i've definitely learned to do over the last little while is is you know re- reusing areas not in a backtrack way but in a fun engaging way it's, oh i'm back here again oh, i know where i am cool i went that yeah. way I, now and that, that way the player will orientate themselves in that in that world that you've created and then when they go grab that key over there they know oh the door for that was over there i know how to get back there because i can landmark by these three you know right big, big important things it's what's interesting about that though there's so many little layers uh, involved yeah. in that process of like open layout door and key mm. it's 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 sort of extremely important when the player finds those yes. and how they find them and mm. you know at what at what degree right like on a, on a basic level of just level design and, and like how we would talk about it right it's like you would come by the door hopefully it would be like the only thing mm. taking up your brain space because so like if you door. <laughs> throw the door in a room with like three other enemies mm-hmm. and the last enemy just somehow leads you out of that room you know yeah. you're without realizing it the player has come and gone yep. forgotten that room doesn't even realize they need a door and then they've gone and picked up a key and then they're like wait a minute i needed this a key, key? Door? or like what, what did i need yeah. this for and then they have to and then they're like dead end and then they go back and they're like oh there's a yellow door here it's like it that can work but it's just less it's less interesting and you definitely yep. want the player to like make a mental map of your space mm-hmm. and that mental map so get all that um, yeah i think what you're touching on with like the different lighting different texture schemes or just like you know from area to area you know just changing little things like height variation mm-hmm. or um like you said lighting texture usage that kind of stuff it's all really important and it's weird because it, it feels like there should be an instruction manual that's just straight up like you can make a new room <laughs> it should have different lighting it should have different colors it should stand like, out yeah yeah um, but then like there should be like an asterisk at the bottom that says well if your game has like one of those stupid like arrows that shows you where to go don't worry about it just throw it's like everything can be the same color it doesn't matter or it's it's, it's you, you know go. you want different textures and different shapes and things to make it stand out but not too different because then your level feels disjointed and, and slapped together like i think you know it's it is definitely one of those things that there are you know there's articles and stuff that you can point people to and advice you can give around it, like you know, like the kind of conversation we're having. But it is it is a an art form more than yeah. a science. Like there are there are key concepts that you can you can like you know work around. Like like you're saying about key doors, you find the door first. There's the door. Key gets found later. I know now where I have to go. Like that's a pretty basic you know kind of yeah, thing that you can explain. Setup. But yeah. there are vagaries within that. And like you say, you know, you can if that door isn't easily spotted and you're distracted by other stuff in the room, be it combat or it's just too big a space or something like that, then that then falls apart and sometimes it is 
you do want the player to fight the key. Like there are exceptions to every rule, and um, sure. it's I, I think it's it's conversing with people who have been doing it for a while and getting your stuff tested by other people, and getting feedback, and just that real getting that loop going and iterating your design. And you know, okay, this was an issue last time. We'll do that better or different this this way this time. Um, so um, yeah, for sure. That yeah, I mean, the, real quick before we before we jump no, off, we'll, I think I think one of the things that I tend to give him you know, like when I was doing uh, I was doing a narrative design class um, mm. uh, before I left Sweden, and one of the things that I kind of imparted on the students that I kept trying to like hit home with them was. Give everything its own moment mm. because and it and that differs depending on the game that you're working on or the game that you're trying to make. Um, moments could be it generally sometimes they're dependent on the player speed. But what what I mean by that is like if you have something that's important to the player, you should probably give it its own space or own moment mm. that the player can really like kind of engage with it. Because mm. like throwing, like we said, if you if you have like a door that you need the player to go through and it has like five enemies and like three pickups and mm. you know there's all this stuff going on there's sort of player ram as we used to talk about it at irrational is like the player's ram is completely filled mm. with stuff i like and that term well we noticed really early on with proteus was that people played our game way too fast <laughs> like they would they would run in um like players would run in and they would they would take a what we call like a, a vertical. They would take a, like a slice mm. of the room, you know. And as a as like a Doom player and like somebody who plays fast and, mm. and whatnot, it's important that when you walk into a space, you can take a slice and go priority enemy health pickup that I need mm. in about three seconds from now. Um, you know bullets. You know, so I'll use this gun and then mm. like you start formulating as soon as you walk in a room, right? So I think it's important that when you're making a space. If you want to say something specific, that you say that first, and that yes. you, you give it you give it like a moment, you mm. know, whether it's like a cool door opening, you know, it doesn't need to take more than a few seconds, mm. folks. Um, just <laughs> just a, a second will do. Uh, I love that like slappy door, you know? yeah. <laughs> cool. like, great. like move on, it's a door. Um, then we we get through it, and then you have the things happen because if you having like so. Um, a really funny example of m me not listening to my own uh, advice was um, there's a map called Hazard in uh, in Proteus, and at the very end I have this big I have this big door that opens up and like a blue a blue portal kind of spins out, and that's like the level exit. Mm. But up until that point, you're fighting a ton of units um, coming down from this top of this mountain, and when you hit the bottom, more kind of spawn around you, and because the door does it opens on a timer it doesn't open on the player hitting a button mm. nobody ever mm. ever 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 sees it no matter what like i've watched <laughs> I, I like to watch people play test i like to watch people play test and it's like the coolest fucking like, i made this I've cool made. thing yeah what? No, it's, it's the it's the funniest thing ever because it's this it's just the coolest fucking door that you've ever seen and it's like it's like <laughs> chum, 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 chum. <laughs> portal opens up and then the stairs go and then it's like it's like that's cool and then like but like the, they're looking the other way and then sometimes people like reverse they're like backing away from the enemies and then they walk through the portal and then they leave the level so there's there's like all these like really funny things and 
that because that went in so late, um, I didn't really have a chance to balance that mm. or like implement a proper button usage or anything like that. Yeah. So I think I think in the next iteration, I'm going to fix that. But also um, what's kind of funny about nobody really noticing that door is that like I'm going to be able to use that door again. You know, so like, <laughs> just like, like uh, just, no one saw no that would just like yeah, this. Yeah, no one saw that. <laughs> guarantee I left it the way it is and I put that door somewhere else like like three levels later people would be like whoa that's a cool door like i never saw that before you know yeah uh no no when you when you make something cool and dynamic it's like players watch and yeah i'm actually yeah. i'm making a uh inspired by there's a set of uh, spiral stairs and wrath that lower down like come up come down on the floor yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. implemented that into a, into a doom map i was like how can i make sure the player sees this because <laughs> it looks cool <laughs> <laughs> it's like look at what i did um yeah the, uh, i had a i had a thing like that too i think one of the, the easiest things to default back to was just enemy placement on that kind of thing where like the last guy you kill is next to the thing that mm. you want to see and i had i had an issue a small issue, not a big one, but in um, in Genesis Part Two, which is uh, another Proteus level, um, I had a door. This is the only door I've ever done this with, where it was on the floor. It was a big door on the floor, mm. and you hit this button, and it's and then what I ended up doing was, um, and I this is something that I learned when I was on Bioshock. It's like so, you press the button, and then instead of waiting for the door to open, and then or like having the combat and then the door opening and you might not even be near it or whatever. So basically I have the player press a button and then I have it open, but I still have like lava there. So mm. they see it opening and they're like, okay, door, but I can't, can't go, go in there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then we'll just, and it's a really simple little thing. Mm. It's, it's not like super smart or anything. It's just, it's, a, it's simple enough that's just like, here's a cool door. Mm. It takes about a second open. You're focused on it instantly. And then... All the combat happens, but then the last unit that you fight is literally mm. there at the door again. So as soon as you kill him, you notice that the lava has mm. like, like you know, gone down, and like that that's good enough for I would say ninety five percent of mm. players come back after this big arena fight where they're running around everywhere, mm. and then they then they can see it, and then they just go down. Mm. And I think before that though, um, before I added that last guy. <laughs> And before I did the door opening, when when the button gets pressed first, people were getting lost in there, you know. And I think it's about it's about giving those moments their own space and allowing the player to absorb that piece of information mm. before moving on. Yeah, because it does a couple of things. One, it shows off your cool door, but like you sh the initial <laughs> presentation means that, like you're saying about having a moment, and it should you know, and you know, like I said, most players will register that opening. Okay, it's, it's open. It's obviously a progression point, but it's blocked off now by an environmental hazard. Can't go through. Oh, shit. Enemies do the fight. And then even if they don't see the lava going, you know, most players will go back and check after the fight's finished and go, oh, no, I can go down there. Even if they don't actually yeah. see that lava disappearing. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I like that idea of, of player RAM and giving things a moment. And, you know, when you walk into a room and there's a key that you want the player to see, you make sure that key is key. Um, yeah. Even if you can't get it straight away, but like, look at my fucking shit over here. Like, um, like, check out this cool yeah, thing. Check I out designed. the key. Um, my um, lead coder and uh, asset creator, Mr. Cat, he's always goes on about dongles for the keys. Like, put it on a dongle. It's like, yes, put it on a plinth or a, a stand or you know, raised yeah. up on a on a ledge or something, so the player can go, oh, there it is, right there. Um, uh, and yeah, it, it registers, and if they can't get it right away, they'll play will always have it in the back of their mind, and they go back through the area, like, check, no, I can't get that yet. Okay, go do some more stuff. Oh, now I can't get it. Um, yeah, I think 
I think that also just kind of comes back, especially like in your style too, which is you're always creating these like really big, beautiful rooms. Like, <laughs> and and they're and the, the 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 cool thing about them is that they're always just like a, a like. They're very cylindrical mm. and they point towards the center. Yeah. So yeah. you always have like a really great out in your art style. <laughs> just just go it's to the center <laughs> of this round room. Pretty easy, like focus beautiful. in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like the best thing in the world. I gotta, I gotta yeah. start using that well, more often. Because I because the way I build and this will lead into the next question. The way I build is like I kind of like plant a seed in the middle of an area and build out from it. And I like I want yeah. this focal point. And not, not, it doesn't always end up a circle, but I always start, generally start with a, a, a concept or an idea and I build out from it. Because then I know that I've got enough space for like ideas that build off it. Whereas if I start from the outside in, I can end up yeah. limited in what I have remaining and I might have to change Absolutely. an idea. So I, I like the kind of organic drawing out from a, a central concept um, uh, or point uh, or design idea that I might have, even if it's something simple, like I want to make a cool pillar, um, and then I can make put more pillars. Like, oh, this is a cool pillar. Okay, I want to put eight of them in a ring now, and you know, and then suddenly yeah. we've got an arena. Um, so, yeah, next, next, and this is this is a I think like a, quite a common question that I get, you know, moving around level design communities and stuff. And there's no real right answer. It's what works best for everyone. But a build process for going about making a map, um, and. Um, uh, Every, yeah, like I said, everyone's got their own their own way. But what's what's yours? And um, uh, yeah, take take us through your, yeah, your work sure. story, your workflow. Well, what's interesting with kind of like what you were just mentioning about the the thing about walls, you know, is that that's something that I learned really really early on in my career too. Was that you don't necessarily want to start with walls mm. because what you end up doing is boxing yourself in. And then you might not be able to get yourself out. Mm, mm, like mm, there's mm. so many, there's so many things psychologically that when you're making a map that you don't realize it. That oh, that's a nice mug. <laughs> it's pretty metal. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Like, is that like a special made bridge burner mug? <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's actually a present from Arlene, but um, that's uh, it's it's about as bridge burner as a mug as you can get. <laughs> That's fucking dope as shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I uh, we were, I was literally talking about that the other day um, for the Wolfenstein 2009 game that we wrapped up or whatever. They gave us Wolfensteins <laughs> that had like the that had like the emblem of the W like across the front like in metal and awesome. and we all drank. We went to a local pub and celebrated the game going out and just drank from our Wolfensteins. It was, it was awesome. Wonderful. That's great. Um, that said though, so back back to the question, which was like. You know, when, we're, when we were describing, you know, making levels and stuff like that, I do think that there's so many little psychological things that players or, like, mappers don't necessarily realize at this time, like when they're in, in the junior state, which is you could accidentally do something and then just never realize it. Mm. And then that that's like a failure point that you're you're going to assume that you have to keep with you. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, so, like, let's suggest that you created, you were making a room and then you thought, oh, you know what? It should be about this cool thing that I see right here and I'm going to make this cool lift and it's going to be really sick. And then you've got this lift here, okay? You have no idea what the lift was going to do or whatever, but you're just like, oh, this is a cool lift. Like, mm. let's do this lift. And then, you know, as you start designing the rooms around it and the room before it and the room after it and what whatnot, you realize, wait a minute, like, 
this room before it centered around the lift kind of doesn't really match up with the idea that I really want to do. But then you're stuck in this mind loop, mm-hmm. which is, oh, but I put a lot of time and effort into this. Yep. Let's just see if I can put a little bit more time and effort to making it work for this other space as mm-hmm. well. And then you end up just kind of in this like negative loop. Um, I think it's important that you can kind of take a step back every once in a while mm. and just shop something that's not working. Um, yeah, like the, it's a sunk cost fallacy, uh, and you, know, you you come across this in all sorts of industries. But you know that idea that I put time into this thing, therefore it is inherently valuable, and I need to keep it. And the great thing about yeah. level design is you can cut that out and put it in a different map. Like sure. if it doesn't work here, Absolutely. just I, I never delete anything because I never know what might be useful later on. It's like oh, good, yeah, it's not working. Like a little like a, a notepad map. Yeah, that yeah, you yeah. Toss your stuff into mm. is is extremely useful. I mean, we do it all the time. Like. Uh, like there was several like I could give you a ton of examples like I mean I, I uh, knowing when to cut something is really important we can get to that in a second mm. um, we might be able to if I don't forget but the idea that there's little there's lots of little psychological things like building walls or putting a roof over something before you're done with the room or a combat space or something like that those types of things can sometimes be really limiting um, I mean, obviously, you guys kind of when you're making Doom editors and you have the segments uh, in the se- uh, sectors, you automatically have a ceiling. But um, I guess what I mean by that is that sometimes if you can't just easily push and pull mm. spaces, you're not thinking outside of those spaces. Mm-hmm. Like what what if I push this wall more mm-hmm. or what if I just could just chop this whole space down mm-hmm. or merge it or whatever? People sometimes get boxed in these ideas yep. because of the current geometry that they laid out ahead of time. So I think what you're saying, starting with like a seed in the center or or something that, you know, you can gravitate around mm. and sort of like like let it essentially blossom into an idea um, is important. And I think having those ideas is, is always good um, to making sure that you don't get stuck mm-hmm. into like a, a particular room or something that's not necessarily working. Yeah, no. definitely. Because um, uh, uh, that look going back to like when to cut something and and how you adjust what your I like you might have an idea that's not quite working anymore. And I think like the best way for me at least uh, I've discovered is to like have a plan, but be willing to go with the flow. So I do because I make these very complex designs now. I have yeah. have to have a pretty good idea of general map structure and, and zones, and I do a lot of sketching beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. Planning map layouts like sketch pads are so valuable. I got you know stacks of old little ideas. That, you know, <laughs> just flip, I just I want to. I'm lost right. Just fuck through. Oh, I haven't done that one yet. Um, so having having a plan going in is, is a good thing. But um, you get people uh, that that get caught up on that plan, and when they start making stuff, and it kind of deviates from their original kind of vision. Sure. And it's like this is they think of it as a bad thing. It's like well, and I, I like for Bastion of Chaos has happened in a couple of areas. Like it's not matching up with what I had in my head. But then you kind of have sure. to like hit the reset button mentally. And go, okay, this is what I've got. What can we work with? But how can what can we t- turn Absolutely. this into? Yeah, and it's like just because it's not what you had originally wanted it to be doesn't make it an inherently bad idea. And like no. you say, you know, there might be other bits that you've already made. It's like mm, this isn't quite working anymore because the level's gone in this direction. Can we rework it, or can, do we just have to cut it and build something new? <laughs> and it's really important to recognize um, where you are in each area, like where, where that fits in your mental picture. And um, yeah, I think the ability to be flexible with your dream 
uh, shall we call sure. it, is a, is a really valuable tool. Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's actually one of the bigger ones, too, um, in my opinion. Like, that's more important like than just, you know, accidentally creating some walls and then being stuck in it. But because I think when a lot of people, they – I think it's important to have that sort of what – I, what I've been calling recently uh, – just like that Bob Ross mentality, mm, which is maybe little accidents. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's straight it's up good. like, here's a giant brown streak across the canvas. Oh shit, it's ruined. Oh fuck. Oh shit. And then you're like, wait a minute now. It's a bit brunch, you know. <laughs> let me let me just let me just add a little yeah. little wave here. And oh shit, that's a fucking mountain with a stream. <laughs> just kidding. Well, like, well, like essentially, you know, you you take these you you sort of take these moments and you you can recognize. Mm. This could be something better, yeah. But you're also keeping in mind the overall picture. You know, mm. you were trying to create this. You know, does this new idea work with it? You know, how can you how can you bounce off that? And obviously, we don't have any concrete examples that we're talking about here. But the uh, the idea of of that is important. And mm. like, so to go back to the original question, which is like, how do I structure my stuff? I used to do a lot of sort of like two D layout top designs. Uh, you know, to, to try and figure out the flow and stuff like that. But now I just, uh, I essentially just take a flow chart. I, I usually just, I flow chart it out right. um, in, a, in a way that's like, okay, well, if I want three branching paths and then I'll have this connect over here and then. Okay, so kind of like a, kind of like a storyboard, this. like, you know, arrows leading between moments kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's essentially a, di a diagram. Um, I usually do it with like entities in the level mm. editor. Actually, <laughs> we have like we have like a parenting structure that like shows lines going in one way, or like a node structure that can nice. branch off. So yeah. I'll just drop a bunch of relays down <laughs> and just go, okay, well, this is how this could work, and then oh yeah, this could connect over here, and I'll do it like that because it's so it's so effortless mm. and. It's the core idea. Like once you have like the diagram in front of you, you're like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, that could work mm. easily. Mm. And then you, then I just start to translate it into more rough spaces. Um, the way that Dragonfly and I would work together, though, is is kind of more interesting in in a case where, um, like, I'll do a very rough sketch, what I call napkin layouts, or like I don't know, you call it whatever you want. It's a, just a scribble, but I'll I will sit down and I'll make a. I'll have an idea for level. For example, marksman in our game, which is about a sniper tower, mm. and then the player has to kind of like make their way to the tower, kill the tower, and then come back. And I'm a big fan of reusing layouts and like that type of flow shape, which is just when you look at it from a top-down perspective, it's basically a giant C mm. that the player goes and comes back. And I like to keep things simple like that. But we would do this napkin layout where I would just throw a bunch of stuff down in under an hour, like like 30 minutes, whatever. You know, you have the idea. You have a simple shape in your head. You have the core concept, which is get to this tower, mm. you know, avoid getting shot the whole time. And then, you know, you're thinking in your head, how do I make that interesting? What kind of concepts can I, can I add to make this interesting? Um, how do we want to ratchet this up? There's clearly like a start, beginning, and end to this map, you know? And then in that little that little bubble you can kind of start to really quickly just block stuff out mm. super haphazard no no not a care in the world and it'll take you about 30 minutes and then it's like there mm. that's that's the level now we got to start taking it back and restructuring it 
and fitting in the proper mm -hmm. design and stuff like that. And I think to some degree, those those levels work out the best because if they have a strong idea and a strong concept, generally speaking, the rest kind of makes itself mm. um, in a in a good setting. Um, those things can kind of make themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's generally the kind of process that I. I work with, I, I don't have, I used to do a bunch of 2D, like I have like a thousand books over here that I, I write in and um, I haven't really had time to, to do that recently, um, but I'd rather kind of work things out super quick in the mm. Proteus editor just because it's it's so fast for me to yeah. do. Yeah, definitely. Just like, I'll even make like a little miniature model, almost like a dollhouse. <laughs> like we were doing, I was doing it on stream the other day. I was like, cause if it's so small in scale, you're not thinking like, you're not worrying about sizes or mm. like the player height or whatever. You're just like, you're just like making a little dollhouse. Just, think, just playing like, with yeah, ideas, this, yeah. yeah. Like any like, in terms well, of like a, the, yeah. It's like in terms of a, like a playable space. It's so so far removed. It's completely abstract. It's like now I just think about flow and idea, you know, <laughs> and the idea. And um, uh, yeah. I like what you said about like a map having uh, the best maps have a, a, a core identity and. How you generate that? There's a there's a raft of ways to do that, but like you, you walk into like this map is a memorable thing, and whether it's a big tower with snipers in it, like that is a memorable thing, or if it's like an overall kind of holistic feel or something, like it's a big series of caves and there's less kind of like overt visual um, uh, monumental kind of things. But um, yeah, we like we do you get your ideas from, and it's do you just uh, you pull them from the ether, or do you have like uh, you know inspiration folders, other games? That, yeah, what's where do you where do you where do you get the, the kind of concepts that you can come up with from? Or is this it is, This is going to be like the most BS answer. Ever, <laughs> I'm just making up. It's like, fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have this hat here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this like random, like, you know, cupboard and like, you know, super shotgun. It's like, uh, um, that, no, that so I think, uh, yeah. Uh, well, what's weird is before we started the game, I started playing some of the older games like, Dark Forces was one of like my biggest mm. inspirations, and um, like I played a few of those. But then I really tried to not play any of the new stuff. Like I didn't play Dusk, and I didn't play a Medieval, and I didn't play. Like I, I waited until basically until just a last month to play through all those mm. because I I didn't want to be subconsciously influenced by any of them. I just kind of wanted to do our own thing. And um, but before that, you know, you kind of generate these ideas and like based off of your favorite games and things like that, um, you know, the sniper thing being sort of like a, oh, yeah, you know, I really liked the one in Half-Life 2, you know, mm. what, what one in our you know universe look like. That's like probably the most simple example. Um, but in a lot of cases, when you're making a game from scratch, um, you sort of think about what the player's experience is going to be like when they first start. To like the first few levels, and then mm. you're trying to you're trying to essentially your plan is already set for you. You don't really have to do a lot of thinking in in in, in some ways. I don't want to like belittle that, but like when you're given the first level of your mm. game, you want to introduce concepts because you yes. have to assume that, like for at least for us and me personally, um, because we're not making a GZ Doom like port of mm. some sort that all the Doom people are going to play. Mm. <laughs> um, you have to assume that no, like some people are going to play our game that have never played mm. maybe a first-person shooter before or something like that. So that's sort of the way that we have to wrap things in a context. Mm. Um, and because of that, you know, you think about your beginning 
and like first two levels are essentially playgrounds that mm. you have to fill in a specific way that need to follow um, essentially like, okay, how's my first zombie encounter? What does this look like? Mm. You know, um, and you know, what, you know, what I think that the, the easiest sort of like pitch to that is you want the player to understand what the game is right out the gate, right? You want them to get hit with that atmosphere, the ship, you know, mm. what the little story moment is, what's going on here. But then as soon as they can get their fists in their hands, you want them to like punch the crap out of something. <laughs> it's a bit of a challenge. I mean, I still think that's the hardest. I still think that's the hardest fight in the game. That's just, just <laughs> it, is, it is. It kind of is. Like, I, and I knew that going into that. Like this is a this is going to be a pro fiend, and like people are going to die here. And that's okay because um, that's we also introduced the the checkpoint system mm. right there. Like when you first spawn in, um, you actually spawn in a checkpoint. But the the idea, like even even before that, right? The the most famous like sort of clip that gets always played for from our game is the elevator opening from um, excavation, where mm, like it's like womp womp, and then it, yeah. and then like a, a guy spawns right in front, and that was always going to be what we envisioned as the start of the game to mm. some degree. It's like this is the fucking start. Yeah. You are in a little elevator. You have nowhere to go. You have to run forward. You have to fight this thing that just spawned in front of you. Like, it's go time. You just got off on the on the floor to, to death. Like, mm. let's go. Um, and to me, you know, you wrap that idea with the idea of, like, how are we going to set the pacing and get people sort of onboarded to what we want our experience to be for the game. Mm. Um, and when when you think about, you know... How do we want players to eventually play our game and how do we want them to experience it? And you try and like line up um, sequences and things like that that they're going to go through slowly that teaches them mm. this is how you might want to play our game. This is how things work. And then also just kind of like getting them along on that path. So, so basically up until uh, Wretch, it's like mm. here's a tutorial of like what to expect. And then after that, it's like, all right, let's start having some real fun with the layouts and changing things up and and being a bit weird. No, that's a that's a good point actually, because you know, um, Age of Hell started off as a, a Doom mod, essentially. You know, some new new content, but like this, you know, going back going back years when the because the thing was just simmering in my head, and I was dabbling uh, in map making, and um, it's now it now it's a standalone game, and while it is recognizably doom derived there will be things that people aren't familiar with in the mechanics like there's alt fires on sure. weapons and there's a charge function for, for things and um yeah we're going to have to go through that process like how we're going to teach people these new elements and introduce the monsters which behave very differently to what people will expect and in some cases and there's bosses and, and all that kind of stuff and that you know you, you make a good point like that kind of defines certainly the first map or two and you know you've, you've got collect logistical exercises to go through um, and you know, and you want to present like when there's a new enemy, there's like, oh, I want to present this in a cool way. I think someone like Doom Three did it really, really well. Like when the first int first, you first they come like break through a wall, and it's like, oh, fucking hell, that's so cool. And um, yeah, you know, those kind of like presentation elements do dictate what you're going to build to a degree. Um, so I think yeah, that's um, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Good. I mean, even when you're thinking about um, the fiends and Proteus, right? When I when I think, okay, well, I'm going to introduce this guy. 
what are what are his main features? Well, he can run up to you and melee attack you like really quick. He's got some nice swipes. We've got the zombies that are slow and shambly, but like it'd be really cool to just as soon as the player gets the shotgun, just throw a bunch of really cool, gushy, like, mm. I mean, zombies are basically just jelly bags, right, <laughs> yeah. in our universe. Like, a lot, I remember a lot of people didn't understand why zombies existed in Proteus, and I was thinking, well, you don't understand, our game is about jelly. It's about <laughs> throwing jelly everywhere. We have an infinite blood system. <laughs> That's why they exist. They exist to fill a space, but also, like, they they fill in combat they also kind of fill this interstitial space between the different enemies that are faster yeah that like force you to sort of kite between and around you almost um, like a, sta- really a static hazard yeah and then there's you know very much a trope in other games you know the, the possessed in doom 16 age of hell is these hollows by themselves they're not a threat but if they're in a fight you go well i gotta avoid that guy and not stand next to him because i'll take some unnecessary damage and sure. and like Absolutely. you say there's a there's a value to like these things are just fun to blow up <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that's i mean basically it's like when i was i remember talking to mike and i was like well i want to be able to put more zombies on screen and we were discussing that like if we can put too many then people are going to be putting like thousands in and that's people? gonna slow that's gonna yeah people. <laughs> <laughs> as we sit here and sip our coffee yeah some people yes uh, well like you know and then on certain games not doom related like or made from you know back in the day you know it, the navigation and stuff like that is more expensive so the more units you have there's like more chance to slow down frame rate mm. and like bog the system down you won't get like a really really clean experience um i remember just as a quick aside on bioshock infinite you could only have, I think, a maximum of eight AIs active mm. at any time. Like, 16 at any time. It was like that. Like, you could have, like, 16 or something max. Uh, um, yeah. Just, it doesn't feel like that. Um, <laughs> no, because they, they have to do a really, like, essentially, when you're learning combat for a game that can only allow that many units, you learn, okay, this guy died. Spawn. Send in the new yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep that flow. <laughs> this is how we're... Yeah, this is yep. how we're doing this, and you get into like a dance. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in in our game, it's you know, in and in your game, um, it's a lot different. Like you don't necessarily have to worry about that, but you do want to keep that in mind mm. um, that it can kind of add to performance costs. Well, it's funny. But, so, to, yeah, go ahead. So I was gonna say uh, it's funny you say that because Age of Hell's monsters they have more sprite rotations, they more no, sorry, they got more animation frames, they got more calls. Uh, more complex mm-hmm. movements, and they do tax the system far more than yeah. the normal do monsters. And I've been <laughs> able to work. I've been able to work with it. I because I, yeah, I was like, oh, I can play with this. But insane gazebo um, who made Sunder, he was like, I wanted to make a fight with a thousand of as all these like really fast aggressive flyers, and it just brought. It was like two of me. It's like you're gonna have to work within the limitations, mate. Like yeah, so we're not to the same degree. You so much, Fred. You're like you're like you're like so instead of having a thousand enemies, we're gonna only be able to have about nine hundred. So like and like I just your your audience in the background is just like. Fucking, fucking I don't know if I can follow these guys anymore. <laughs> but it's a, it's the same the same learning curve like having to like in Doom the base damage and you could pretty much put as many monsters as you want in a fight. It, it will take it. Like you get it. You're talking like tens of thousands before you start actually crashing the system kind of level. Um, but now like we've we've hit well some some of us have found limits within you know the Age of Hell bestiary. Okay, cool. And we have to do these these layered spawn waves. And uh, Mr. Cat's come up with these really cool portals that, that the trickle monsters in, um, and sure. you can reactivate them. And yeah, like setting up those like there's some kind of thing, creating the impression of a huge horde while the player's only 
you know maybe facing it facing a fifth of it at any given time yeah. and um yeah the more it's, it's pretty much it's, from what i've seen it's the more complex the game the the, the more detailed the engine the more you have to manage that because there's just so much other sure. stuff going on that's taxing your computer power that enemy ais can only yeah 10 20 i mean even doom eternal i think you probably never fight more than maybe 25 things at once probably um, i mean that there's there's definitely something to be said about managing the amount of units i think for us it's more about the amount of nav mesh that gets created and just from a mapper standpoint making sure that if you have a giant football field that doesn't exist in the play space that you remove it from the nav mesh so that that frees up those uh draw calls a little bit more or i mean the fps but so what's kind of interesting like when we were talking about uh map ideas and like the portal spawning thing so um portals are going to be a lot more relevant in going forward in our game we're going to be doing a lot of mm. that type of thing like portals are cool portals. <laughs> yeah portals like are all, they're fucking I cool. mean, and uh, <laughs> uh the cool thing is like our portals function just like i guess the portal portals do to some degree like mm. you can fling yourself so there's going to be some interesting uh, map designs coming forward um but also the idea of like you said like your uh uh, what was his name? Uh, the uh, Mr. Cat. Did, yeah, like so. The idea of having like a thousand flying enemies. Like I've wanted oh, to do. Like I've got like a, um. I've got like a, a concept. Like you know, one of those concepts that you that you want to think about and kind of brew on for a bit. And one of them was, uh, sort of a Crash Bandicoot style bo boulder dash, <laughs> where, but instead of it being a boulder, it was like an infinite spawning wave of crawlers mm. in our game. And the crawlers are the little tiny dudes that explode. Yes. Um, you don't want to get, so get surrounded on them. <laughs> <laughs> so like I want, I, I was I was thinking like, okay, what kind of concept could, could we create? That'd be very interesting if you like basically fell mm. through a portal. Like you were in a level that was pretty normal. And then all of a sudden you fell through a portal that took you to like a nest mm. and it was like cool. fuck like i'm in the i'm in the center and then all of a sudden all these little like, lights start showing up in this cave and then like they come out and it's run like, it sort of looks <laughs> like the it sort of looks like the antlion caves mm. uh of like half-life episode two or whatever and but hell yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like you know just like but on oh, fire this is gonna be crazy <laughs> yeah. this is gonna be scary and and just like the the concept of that and then maybe being able to bring them back with you mm. to do something else. Mm. So like if there was an in, impenetrable Proteus force field or like force mm. that you couldn't get past um, because they were just so well protected that bringing these guys with you and then having like a moment where you jump through the portal mm. and it's like, like they're they distracted, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like That's looking cool. at you, like, "What are you doing here? You're about to die now." And then it's like, "You're like, uh, I gotta go." Bye. <laughs> and then just like a thousand of these little crawler dudes come in through the portal, and they're mm. like blowing up the gate. I mean, That's cool. Something, something like that sounds cool. It does. I mean, yeah. it's really difficult to pull off. Um, but like those little concepts are always fun, and I think um, be excited. There's something like uh, you know, you, you get those ideas, and you think, "Oh, this is a tricky one." But in my experience. Like there's some that are outlandish. You're like, oh, that's that's not workable. And when you get that idea, and it's just on the cusp of, of buildable. Oh, and it's like doable, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I'm gonna have to take a tilt at this. And 
I think both it's there's two couple of things that happen. It's like one, you learn a lot going like pushing yourself into those those areas as a designer. I think both from a, a level design concept and like coding and management and all that kind of stuff and conveying ideas to the player, like the idea that you're meant to run from these things you don't stand and fight, and taking them to the portal to like do something else, like portraying that in a game takes some some skill. And oh, it does. Throwing yourself into an idea like that, I find is is. It's, it's difficult and can be stressful and, and frustrating, but at the end of the process, almost regardless of how well it works, it's like you learn so many things. And um, I, I think that's a great idea. I'd love to see it. <laughs> um, there's actually a Doom, there's actually a, a Doom 2 wad called Deus Vault. Um, in the second one, uh, Deus Vault 2, there's a, a map uh, which has that same idea. You, you, a, a, thud, a thudding monster force that you cannot hope to defeat until you get to the end of the map, and they just chase you around. They're a bunch of freaks. And they just chase you around this enormous cavern. Um, uh, it's based on Minus Morgul. Uh, no, um, yeah, Minus Morgul? Mines of Moria. Mines of Moria. So it's called You Shall Not oh, Pass. Right. And they, they represent the Balrog. And they're following around these these big spires and stuff. And you're just running for your life the whole time. Such a cool you're map. You're going to have to send me... Um, I'm going to have to look that up on mm. YouTube or oh, something. Oh, I'm up. I'll, I'll find That'd it for you. It's such, a, it's such a cool map. It's, and it's stunning as well. It looks um, looks really cool, um, yeah. and um, but yeah, I mean, that's essentially like you know, back to the initial question. You know, when we're talking about how you come up with ideas and stuff like that, and I think you know when when you're when you're speaking about you know this is the fiend, this is he throws a fireball, he has certain melee swipes. You want to, in my opinion, you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you didn't set those things up mm. in an interesting way to introduce them. Yet. I think if you throw all of your enemies in a soup bowl and just expect the player to just fight them off, yeah. it's not as interesting. Well, you lose as, impact. And I don't I don't mean that in like in a like in a negative way or anything like that. I'm just saying like if you start out yeah. by just doing that, Agreed. you're doing yourself a disservice because it's it's like, okay, this guy has a cool mm. moment. And before the player gets the shotgun, why don't we hit them with something that they will find very difficult mm. or, you know, what's difficult about fighting a few fiends is that if the player just has a pistol, it becomes an actual fight, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. and Con context you know, is key. You, yeah, yeah. And I think you don't, you only really get those moments once and yeah. you can really only mess with them once. Yeah. So I think it's important that you present them correctly. And I think uh, that's sort of like when you looking, when you're looking at how do I start my game off or how do I start my mod off? You essentially just look at, you know, what kind of enemies do we have? What kind mm -hmm. of mechanics do we have? Weapons. Um, and then just based on the pacing of the level and, and all this other stuff, you just want to start to slowly seat those things in. And sometimes you don't do it. You don't, like, hit it correctly. But, you know, you, at least you give it your try. Yeah, yeah, And yep, yep. that's the important thing is that you want you want to give it um, its own moment and, and, and try it out. Ooh, and I think... Even if you kind of yeah. fall short of, like, that presentation, it's not it's no worse than doing it without trying it like there's no there's no there's nothing to be lost compared to just chucking the monsters in a map if you try and do that at least you've tried and like some i think some players even if you didn't quite hit the hit the notes like will appreciate oh we give the singular fight even if it's just fighting that individual monster and only that monster you can at least appreciate the the, the visuals of the monster and how they attack and sure. um uh, <laughs> as opposed to like you say if it's in a big soup with six other things you've never seen before it just generates into a big cloud of noise and combat um and like, and yeah, as you say you've only got you've only got a chance once to do it and i think um yeah there's games that have done that very well um uh yeah, yeah. And, um, i mean when you're looking at two um so like 
the the harder enemies in the game too, you might consider giving them their own special like mini boss moment. For example, we do this with the Harbinger. We have an entire map where um, it's called Descent, where you start at the top of this tower, and um, this enemy, this Proteus enemy, is inside this cell, and mm. there's a bunch of fiends around it. And as soon as you open the gate and it sees you, it's like, okay, it's time to kill, and mm. it transforms all of these units that are yes. protecting it to That's like great, That's one of my its favorites. own type of like units, mm. and then from there they fight you. And like we really wanted to give that moment its mm. own moment to like show the player hey wait this thing just transformed these things and very you know, distinctive you really yeah, like, really striking you want to give it its own sort of narrative beat and then he'll do it a few other times through the combat sequences down below but it's not as important if you see those because there's so much else going mm. on um but that's like the real key thing is just to give that moment now later on we do throw him into like a big fight and i think that he could use some more love um, in terms of just like mm. tweaking his combat because he was the first one that we made. So going back and tweaking him just up a little bit um, would be interesting. And I think we did, we failed a little bit on um, this exact thing we did a, a, in another level called Meltdown. Um, at the very end, you have like a really crazy intense fight with like flickering lights and it gets like progressively more red and you're in this tiny this tiny space after you pick up a rune and then you have to leave the map right away and um the one thing that we didn't do right in that in that level was we did we did introduce a new unit but mm. it's just so it's so crazy that you don't really get to see him mm. and he doesn't have any moment to shine so um what's going to be interesting about using that enemy going forward is that we're we're going to create uh, a completely custom space right that introduces him correctly like yep. he's the unit that can cloak other units uh, um, okay, from cool. the produce so like when when the level starts there's some like see-through units that are attacking you and you're like oh they can go see-through but in reality like he actually he's doing it made them cloak yep and i think the important thing is that we need to go back and make sure that the player notices understands that. Yeah. that that's what's happening um but also just give him his own moment because he has this crazy um, cannon that like is just really brutal and it it just the space that was that he was put in just wasn't strong enough for that moment so I think um, going forward just fixing that up and retouching that so it, but that said what I wanted to get to was once you've done that though and they're a part of the normal combat setting them up as this like you know it's it's a bit of a harder unit they're supposed to be a little bit more tankier and giving them their own their own space where you can like give them a, a mini boss feel mm. and then them just being a part of normal combat later on is going to be like oh shit like yeah. there's more of them you know obviously you don't want to put like 15 of them in a room because then the player just will die instantly but yeah. no and um i think that's a, that's a that's definitely something that uh you know we do for age of hell it's like the first time you fight a particular but monster is like presented as a boss. You're like, shit, oh, here's this big enemy, gotta fight him. Cool, defeated him, I win. I feel great. And then like a couple of maps later, it's like, okay, now I'm fighting five of them. Oh, it's like, yeah. it's a great, it's quite a cool way to show the difficulty increase, but also the player skill increase. And I, I like, I like, like, this used to be a big scary thing. Now I can take you guys out, you know, uh, with my hand tied behind my back. Oh, look, here's an even bigger boss. And I, yeah. I like that kind of story that that tells that you, you know, you, you, you're like, you're getting deeper into the forces and these, these things that used to be like generals and now just the general horde kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It'd be kind of interesting. Cause like, you know, we we have a lot of units in Proteus and we're still, 
we're still adding more and more. Mm. Like we we haven't even introduced the like a rocket enemy or the um, I think we have a uh, so we have the rocket guy and then we also have a grenade guy coming and like mm. um, there's an idea that I wanted to have like a a drone thing as well and like some other things and there's more Proteus units and like I mean there's this there's a bunch of stuff that we're we're sort of toying with in the background. Um, that we're hoping to to introduce at some point, um, and I think it'll be a lot of fun because you know, in my opinion, every time we add a new enemy type, you know, it just complements the other enemy types as mm -hmm. well. And um, there's always this like, okay, well now what can you do with this and this? Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of like it, there's just so much fun to be had with uh, with that type of uh, stuff. So I'm yeah. very interested to see where our next set of things mm -hmm. go because if anything, the 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 descent level. Like the basement fight was sort of the beginner recursor of like mm. what's going to happen going forward. It's like a bit and of a water, the, a bit of a watershed moment. Like this is the new paradigm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's cool. It's everybody yeah. died there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was actually trying to uh, to play. Like I was I was doing this on stream the other day. I was trying to beat Descent on ultra hard with no deaths, and I always, always, always died <laughs> in the final combat. And it and it was like very consistent. <laughs> like every time I got into the combat and it started, I was like, all right, well, let's see what I, I press the button and just like die. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> and I would have to start over and I was like, okay, well, we're, we're going to do this. And I eventually got a pretty good strategy down. That was so I was able to, to do it. And, uh, and it felt really good that I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, but damn, that was that was fucking yeah. That was fucking I, brutal. <laughs> I made this and I still got my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, familiar, familiar with that. Um, yeah. All right, so we've got, I've got a couple more uh, thing direct. Uh, yeah, one, one, one particular question we'll go through and then we'll open it up to the viewers. Um, sure. But um, um, yeah, this is probably the, this is the, this is uh, this is probably the thing I wanted to, to talk to you the most about, and because um, uh, I, I think it's fantastic. And one thing I've, I've, I've noticed about you very very quickly. Um, you know, getting involved in this Proteus Discord and, and, and getting involved in um, you know, the alpha testing and, and stuff like that, just you know, hanging out with you and, and everyone else in, in, in that uh, in that area is you know, you've, you've got like a, an almost unrelenting enthusiasm. Um, you know, you're interacting with people all the time. Like it's it's fantastic. Like as a, it's so cool seeing. And like, I think every dev team needs one person on their crew like this. The, like the, the not not like an official PR guy, but just someone who's willing to get in and amongst the community and. Um, yeah. And yeah, for me, you've, you've, you, you do that in spades and it's, it's, it's just creates this really positive atmosphere. It's really inspiring. Yeah. I think like, is that, is that something you're conscious of or is that just a reflection of your personality? Um, uh, yeah. Are you just, just a bubbly yeah, guy? That's, that's who I am. <laughs> I mean, I think at the end of the day, right. So it's interesting cause I've been thinking about this a bit and you are who you are mm. and you, you don't really it's not like I'm putting on a charade or anything because I'd be very difficult to keep going, mm, right? For sure. Um, especially if things are just really stressful or whatever. Um, so I think this is just this is just who I am. I've always been a part of communities, like modding communities and stuff. Like I grew up on. Like we're doing the we're doing a contest right now for MapCore. Mm. Um, we're giving away like fifteen hundred dollars for first place mapping. Nice. Um, so like that's something. Shout outs to the mapping competition mm -hmm. we're doing right now. Um, join the Discord, hang out, make some maps. Could win some money. If you want to throw um, links in the chat, go for it. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, the 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 thing for me is like you know I grew up in that community where feedback was essential and getting mm. you know getting to know other people and 
Um, and I've always found that bond to be very interesting and it's cool to like see everybody that was in that community at that time is now, you know, leads at studios mm. and running. And that's just like a normal, natural thing, right? And I think knowing that the mappers in your community and in our community are going to eventually be mm-hmm. the generation of like people to make the coolest games that we really like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exciting to me. And it always, it's always something that when I'm watching people in our community map and I see talent, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, let me tell you what to avoid or what mm-hmm. not. Like, I don't want to like influence you too much, but just like, you should avoid trying to think about things this way. Yeah, you know, kind of, just a couple of nudges like, to keep you on the on the right path. Yeah, because you definitely don't want to like overextend and like tell people how to make maps. Because I think at the end of the day, you know, everybody has their own unique, mm. you know, set of tools, and they're either going to take them far or they're not. And you just want them to kind of figure that out on their own. But you definitely want like if they have questions, you want to be able to like, mm. this is what I went through, and this is how I deal with this. And I think everybody has those issues, like what we were talking about earlier on the podcast, right? Those those moments that they just need to be able to Bob Ross their way mm-hmm. through something, and giving them the mental tools to be able to do that and know that 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 that's okay to do is important, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Setting them up with like a core group of like pillars that they can look at and go, okay, this is what level design mm-hmm. can be for me, and this is how I introduce certain concepts and things like that. Um, but just being able there for the community and just being a part of that is fun. I mean, if we didn't have a map, a level editor and, you know, a mapping community, it would be much different, right? I would just be talking to mm. people coming in, wanting to tweak values or like, yeah, yeah. Hey, play my game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, um, your game sucks. Here's why. Uh, I think this <laughs> sucks and blah, blah, blah. We actually had a guy, uh, I'm just shout out to this guy on our steam forum. He created a thread that was like, this is why I find the game boring. And nobody responded except one guy with like a facepalm <laughs> And then he was like, and then he responded a few hours later like, is that all you have? Can you not have some kind of correct criticism? And, but like the thing that he posted was kind of spewy. It was just yeah, like, it's like spew I, and it was like, it's, it's, like, no, it's okay, like, like no one's touching that, but like, yeah. it's cool that like, you know, but that's all I would deal with. And I probably wouldn't be so outgoing yeah. if that was all I had to deal with. Um, but I, I absolutely love being a part of the mapping community and just the games industry in general is like, this is the beginning of it right here. Mm. Like, you and the next generation of, of mod teams are going to become the next, mm. like, game makers, well, you like, know, that like, huge studios or big studios. So. Like you say, that's kind of already, that's what's happened. Like, all those people who grew up in the 90s making maps for Doom and Quake and Duke Nukem 3D and all that. They, those kind of passion project people are now... You know, the Chris Holdens and the, the Jasons of of the I current <laughs> current <laughs> current current crop of like um uh new new games coming out now and um you know people who who did it for fun and for love and, and because they could are now turning into a career and I think you're right you'll see with these new games coming out it's kind of reinvigorating that like oh like there is a, this is a career path that you can make with a bit with enough time and 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 energy and power. like it's a it's a hard road to do but it is a road that you can go down and um you know you, you touched on the the proteus mapping um like you guys released your editor with the alpha like 
right off the bat, it was already something that people could do. And I think that was a yeah. an interesting and bold, but also a very good idea um, because what it instantly did was it created that community like like that bang there it was a positive like not like say not just feedback driven about the game it was like a place where people could come and create their own thing and even if they didn't like some of the Proteus maps well they could go make their own and and like this is what I like like I like you know if you like the core concepts of the game but you want to make your own thing like say for me if I want to make a slaughter map I can go do that um and yeah it it was I was quite surprised when it it shipped that early I was like well this is pretty cool and yeah I think you're right and that that has created a proper community very quickly in a way that you don't normally get. Um, so, you know, the thing about the, the editor, like you said, being a part of like the alpha and kind of coming out like that was that from the very, very beginning, that was something when I sat down with Mike on our first call and he was like, this is what I want to do. This is how long I want each map to be. I want about 20 of these things and I want this and I want that. And it was like a huge list. And I was like, (laughs) that's intense. Uh, you know, if you're going to do a level editor and you want all this stuff, this is how we got to do it. So I, I don't even work in Unity. I just work in the level editor. Yep. And that was by choice because if the level editor is going to be used by other people, then it needs to be good. Yep. It needs to be exactly what I would use to, to make stuff. And there's obviously some concessions there. You know you you know that as the level editor is being built, we don't have copy-paste or mm. the ability to do prefabs. And I've mentioned this a bunch before, but the, the, first, level, <laughs> like, the first level had like, nine or ten doors that all had to be done by hand like from scratch every time and every time i was like oh you know what like before process was a thing it was like why don't i add a spark to this door oh that looks cool all right let me go edit the like nine other doors yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it was like wait a minute oh i forgot i should probably do this other thing okay, yeah. let me go redo all the doors again but so during that process right it was just the level editor was something that from the core outset was just uh, a pillar of the game mm. and going forward we always knew that it had to be good it had to be something that people could pick up and mm. start using right away and there's just been this constant push and transition from something that i would use you know from the industry to mm. just something that's more casual that can be used by I everybody yeah, yeah um yeah and i think there's just been so much in that transition process actually one of our uh, contract programmers, Queen Jazz, has just done an amazing job at like being able to go from the asset menu and just drag and drop mm. something in the level. Like that had to be coded in, mm. right? It wasn't just like a default thing. And once that went in, all these things just started falling into place. Like for everybody oh, it's, else, it's amazing. Know? Like when you have like a tool upgrade within an editor, like it's, you know, Ultimate Thing yes. Builder is the one that I use, and it is very <laughs> actively developed. And like there's something that came out about a about a year ago. Maybe not quite that. Mm-hmm. The ability to visually just make slopes, right. just grab a grab a grab an edge, slope it, and it just completely revolutionized Doom design. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> I see you do that all the time too. It's like it's like I was thinking. You know, it's funny because like I subconsciously look at you making stuff, and I think like in my head I'm thinking, how long would that take mm-hmm. me to make? You know, in a 3D editor, and I think that probably wouldn't have taken me that long. But then I'm also thinking like, but then again. This is like a really yeah. old, this, is like a, this is like a really really old tool. So the fact that they're able to do it mm. at all, yeah. and it only takes like a little bit longer than something that I would do, that it's like that's it's pretty, pretty impressive. impressive. <laughs> yeah, and like the fact that like um, I, I really love. So the thing that you guys have right is the GZ Doom has like the the drawing. You know, you that's yeah, just you like get around right. Mm. Um, when when Queen Jazz added drawing into our editor, it was like. 
just a whole new swing of things just opened up. You know, oh, and, like, you can draw on walls mm. and like you can draw custom shapes and just start dragging things out. It's like, oh, I need to fill a thing here. It's like, okay, cool. I'll just draw a little thing and then connect draw a shape it. and then extrude it out. And yeah, I like, mean, it's mm. just so nice and um. Golly, I love it. <laughs> like just getting those little upgrades, like you said, it's it's so good. But yeah, yeah. I mean, just the, the core idea of, of having an editor and, and releasing mm. it and just getting that community mm. was always was always there from the from that's the cool. outset, right? I mean no, so no, it's just it's, that's amazing. it's here to stay. Mm. Uh, so really good sure. like if that you know, um, very cool that it was a, a, a goal right from the beginning and I, I think you guys made a really good decision there. And uh, like there's actually you know you can point to Dragonfly joining the team and just like getting good with the edit like in a week you know because instead of having to, he, he didn't have to learn an engine he just had to learn how to use the editor and so like yeah. you know there's good commercial reasons to having it as a an editor separate from the base engine for people like okay i don't actually know how to do anything in unity but i can i know how to learn how to use a map editor um and yeah a huge shout out to your your, your, your people like mike who working behind the scenes very much you know reclusive uh, was it in the tower kind of guy? But yeah, doing all that backroom stuff that has allowed you to create what you guys have now. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm always in awe of those people who do, who make the programs because they they don't get the the publicity and the no, no, the, the notice that they really yeah. should. Mike, and, Mike, Mike has made everything. Yeah, he's like, a, he's a <laughs> fucking genius. Guess, yeah. Mike is a genius. There's no it's question about that. Such a at hard worker. And I, yeah. every time I get a chance, like it's just like, yeah, Mike, Mike built the editor, you know, from start, and like, and obviously I'm sitting there complaining at him, like it'd be really great if we. Could I want this tool, <laughs> like poke him. Like, like, hey, like, can don't, you make don't. it so that if I, you know, extrude this edge, this happens? It's like, it's like, fine. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> like it'd be really great if we could get you know a drag select thing here. <laughs> like for example, like for the longest time we didn't have. Um, this was like a funny tweet. I, as soon as Jazz made it so that we could select multiple units and opt, or like I could select five zombies and then change their properties, because um, you could only do one at a time. As soon as the the ability to select multiple things and change their properties went in, it was like hallelujah like you know mm. like this new feature went in that like it was just oh it's so crazy yeah that's no, real cool and um uh um I, I i i do the same thing to boris uh for udb i was like can we do this now <laughs> and like he'll go like i don't know and then like a day later there's a new feature i was like well <laughs> thank you yeah. um so uh i think we'll open up to um uh, some viewer questions um uh, that's probably some. I think there are. There's one from uh, God Odin asking if they can contribute music. I think you guys at OST is pretty locked down, um, but um, so um, yeah. So they say it's a great work, guys. Any chance we could contribute to some music? I'm a metal producer, so um, like I said, at the moment we're kind of locked with uh, with Andrew doing some things. He might be returning here pretty soon to potentially do some more stuff. Um, but there's there's going to be like a bit of a, a there's going to be like more things to come in the future. Uh, not really ready to talk about it just yet, but we're we're going to be we're going to be looking at um, music as a as an outgoing uh, thing potentially in the future. It depends on like what our schedule looks like. But me personally, um, just being able to get additional music in the future for community levels, mm. um, you know, and any potential future uh, campaign content that we might generate. Um, I think going forward, that's definitely always something that we're we're looking for because we can't just 
steal Andrew and lock him to a. Uh, you know, <laughs> as much as you'd like to chain him, chain him up in your basement. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're if you're ever interested in whatever, just just shoot us a a, a PM or a, a DM on on our Discord. Uh, send it to our moderator or email us some some samples because um, we're always looking for uh, additional things that can help us out in the future. Well, sure. I think um, kind of like you know, kind of like the Doom community because you've got all this custom content. People are going to want to want custom tracks for their for their their creations. Sure. I mean, we got some Jimmy stuff coming out here pretty soon. Good old Jimmy. Um, that's actually a part of one of our early half year updates that we're we're going to be working towards here right now. I know Mike. I just chatted with him yesterday. Um, he's working on finalizing all the weapons, um, art and stuff like that right now. So that's something that he's doing. But that as soon as that's done, I think we're, we're changing focus to uh, doing some new tracks and being able to get Jimmy's tracks in the game in, um, in a really interesting capacity. So like, I, I'm interested to see like what we end up or what we're able to achieve with that. But yeah, Jimmy stuff's coming in and it's going to be really sick. I'm pretty excited about that. So shout out to Jimmy in chat. I see you, Jimmy. Parts, Jimmy. <laughs> no, Jimmy's a legend. No, when I saw that he was getting involved, it's like, yeah, no, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy needs more of that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I if if I had it my way, I would steal Jimmy for a, a level or two. Um, <laughs> Jimmy's That's, Jimmy's got some really awesome uh, level cred, and I absolutely adore Square. Uh, I think it's oh, like, so good. It's um, just so good. Yeah, I'm, I we we talked about this last time too, right? It, it, like, we were just completely just stroking Jimmy. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like, like mm. it was like, damn it, Jim, put it on Steam, and, yeah. and like, you know, like fuck, like split it, split it evenly between all the people. It doesn't matter. Just just get it out there. Yeah. Start generating some revenue so that you can you can um, make a bigger version next time. You well, know, it's not or, even or that. It's just get it out there more. Like, because the Doom community obviously knows about it, but I I feel like it's it's definitely not as well known as it should be. And I I always had I had some misconceptions when I first heard about it. I thought it was kind of a kid's game, like checks or something like that. It's definitely not. <laughs> it's an ultra <laughs> I, ultra yeah, professional yeah. you know game yeah. in its own right. And because um, I've I've just been playing it for the first time as well. And you know, I had um you know Jimmy and M Trop and. Uh, um, and chat and stuff and, and talking talking about how they made it and yeah, it's just been an absolute blast and uh, just really just amazing amazing piece of work so uh, definitely go yeah. definitely go play I think that's what that. what's so interesting too is that like so we have we're in our own like little bubble community right of like the communities and the modding scene and, and whatever but I think that has potential to break out and to also like reach more people like mm. people think that um, Proteus is doing so well and you know we're so like people know us, but like we are like the retro shooter genre and our scene is still relatively small at this point in time. So hopefully everybody can we can continue to push it and 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 get it more mainstream, not to the point where AAA studios are copying us, but, <laughs> but like but like, you know, keep it with the indies, but like let's let's get some more love in there, you know. Yeah. And I think I think Jimmy's game, um, Going like full full on like that would be a really great way to help that out, and I I would even pressure you as well with your age of uh, age of hell stuff to to start considering that kind of thing as well. Uh, there are there are thoughts. Don't worry. <laughs> I will say age of hell will always be free uh, to play, but uh, there will be there will be some there, there are revenue streams planned because sure. it's essentially going to be a big lever for me to get into a proper commercial venture. So absolutely, uh, yeah. I think the, what. There's something that's been I've been toying with in the back of my head for a while now. Ever since we 
we we've had we've added this um we added a uh uh oh <laughs> somebody joined in hello <laughs> um we added a custom skin for the Kickstarter community because that was one of our backer rewards and I've been thinking about how we might get around like eventually supporting other indies or other devs that are also doing really cool FPS games but just like wouldn't it be interesting if you know we we like got a skin for um like one of the age of hell weapons you mm. know and then we put in Proteus mm. yeah, and great. like yeah. be like I feel like there would be like more awareness and mm. it would be like a really great way of propping up cool things that like um, that one game called Supplies. I mm. think it's Supplies. Su- Supplies, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm like a huge thing. fan of that that mm. that right now. And I was talking to Dragonfly. I was like, Dragonfly. I was like, Who do you know? Funny enough, Jimmy. Jimmy. I was like, How's it going? Yeah. Are they gonna Are they gonna complete in time? And like, I'm always like, I get super excited about a project that I'm like, I'm like, Okay, well, how long have they been working on it? Well five years and it's just like oh no they need to come out they need mm. to like finish that so like, looks I, amazing. I think about these things and i think like oh well how how great would it be if we could support you know other projects like this and, I, like, I like that idea know, like, like getting skins up. from other games and then like little ref- little homages like that that's a that's a really cool yeah. idea actually i, I mean like it's that. definitely like it's we have this backlog of like wouldn't it be cool and what ifs and things like that and i might be saying this out loud here but i do think that like it would be really fun to do that, mm. um, but it really doesn't come down to me at the end of the day. I mean, it's just I have all these ideas. That I think, oh, yeah, this would be really sick and I would love to do it. So hopefully, like maybe in like a year or two, mm. <laughs> like, you know, when things are like we're done with <laughs> 1.0 and the game is sort of like this cohesive mm. blob that like is starting to like harden. Um, I would love to like branch out and try different things like that. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, so I got a question from the spookiest berry. Um, so far, so far, jumping puzzles have been pretty rare and fairly easy when they do show up. With the upcoming mobility upgrades, are we going to get uh, be seeing more difficult jumping puzzles in the future? This is something that I was toying with in my head pretty early on when we started discussing these things. And I think the answer that I ended up with was no. Um, uh, mostly because I don't want to force that type of... That's essentially like forcing a playstyle on people. That Platforming is quite polarizing the- in FPS as well. What'd you say? Uh, platforming is very polarizing in FPS as well. Yeah, um, like, like the whole Doom Eternal thing. Like, I know people get really upset that like they had some platforming, but I it's actually pretty gentle. like <laughs> from a developer standpoint, like from like my perspective in AAA and stuff like that. Like those sections were perfect for changing the players. Like mm. just when we were talking about player RAM. Mm. Those are moments that reset the player's RAM. Yep. Give them a moment to to think about other things. Yep. It's like very little effort, but it's it's easy. It's it can be fun when you're timing it right. I know platforming is not for everybody, and that's obvious. But when people say that like these sections like overrun the game, I'm thinking like I don't recall like I got pretty far in and I and I thought like I don't think a single one of these sections ever like overstood its welcome. No, I don't They're think so. They're always very yeah. short. Yeah. And, like and pretty punchy. easy, and pretty easy. Um, yeah. And I think, like, um, my only criticism of them is, like, things like they visually didn't gel, like those gold monkey bars, just there. Sure. Like, that was my yeah, only criticism of them. And the Mario, you know, spinny chains, it's like, sure, they just looked a bit, yeah, a bit yeah, yeah, yeah. like, just those, visual those cohesion. Things, but other than I that... I completely agree with fine. that. Like, some of the things didn't feel like Doom, but then again, we were, we were also in, like, a new universe where, like, yeah. 
the Doom Slayer had a floating fortress. Yeah. <laughs> and he like he like went from like like the intro of 2016 where he was like getting a voice like dialogue in a fucking coffin. Like, Fuck shit. <laughs> Here's my shotgun yeah. to like he's collecting things and like having fun. You know, he's like sort of like memed out at this point. And I and I appreciated that like difference, you know. Um but yeah, so to kind of answer your question about Proteus, I think it's important that if we do anything like that, that it's a side Mm-mm. bit that p- if people want to engage in it, they can. But it's not going to be required. Yep. And there will be like the way that I looked at it was, OK, if we have a combat and it's cool, it can be played normally without those things, without, you know, needing any of that stuff. But those things will also be implemented as a layering. Yeah on top of the current good stuff. So if you really wanted to, you could take advantage of these m- mm. new uh, moments, but you don't have to. And a, and a simple example of that would be in Descent. When I was reworking um, Descent to have the new upgrades in it, um, there was a middle layer in Descent where they had these we had these big sort of like octagon shapes about like the second floor down, and they were used for cover. Um, and the way that we kind of got around or the way that I thought about it was like, okay, well, we can lower these down just a little bit and flatten the tops, and now players can double jump onto them and use them as like a platform to jump off of or something. So there's there's lots of little things like that that you can do to enhance the player's experience without detracting from the core aspect of the game. And I think that's important. Um, but also when you go back to the other levels, like you can now skip entire levels using dash and double jump. Like, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intense. Like I, I, I sent a video to Dragonfly the other day where it's one of his levels. You could finish it in like I think it was like 15 seconds now. So um, and we're, we're kind of leaving that stuff in because it's fun. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're, we're probably not going to um, force any kind of major. Mm. I think um, um uh, you'll notice like Doom there's a subset of the community that loves things loves platforming and I think what you'll see is with Proteus is you'll see those custom maps come out that are platform heavy and taking advantage of that kind of, of those mechanics in a way that you say you know, you're not going to railroad into the base game but there, I, I guarantee people will make maps around it um, absolutely because there, is, there, is, there are plenty of people that really enjoy that kind of stuff and um, yeah. um, it'll, it'll happen I think I'm a big fan of like KZ climbing maps and Counter-Strike mm. and, and jump maps um there's been a few in Proteus already, and I'm I'm actually just really excited to see that. We might even do a, a mapping competition around just pure platforming stuff. Um, I think that'd be so much fun. Uh, very hey, much Arlene. so. <laughs> um, Arlene, you might got a shout out. Um, everyone's very impressed. Uh, so we've got another question from Wolf McBeard. Uh, as a curiosity, would there be an ability to add custom assets into custom levels, such as weapons, textures, sounds, etc.? Um, we're always open for modding. Like people can mod our game however they want to, you know, like generally speaking, uh, in reason, you know, you don't want to do like, uh, somebody made a, uh, a, a tool that can convert Quake 2 maps, um, to Proteus. Ah, um, cool. and I thought that was really cool, but then they were like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna convert the entire game. And I was like, no, 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 you like, that's not, that's, that's not PC. <laughs> like you can't do that. Like that's, you can't just like steal an entire other game and no. put it in somebody else's game. Like that's probably not a good like, idea. We probably shouldn't let um, you do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but like, like points for effort. And, just yeah. having the ability to, to convert your own custom Quake 2 maps, like that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that'd be fun for people, but like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely cool with that. But right now we don't have a, like in the base game, um, we don't really have a way of 
people like uploading their one million poly like super dragon mm. um, and putting it in, you know, a level because when you go to download stuff from our workshop, our text files like for levels are extremely small. They're like two megabytes, three mm. megabytes. And they're built that way so that when you press play, um, it downloads it and you just start playing it right away. And if you have to get like custom assets and things like that, um, that's going to be a lot more work. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to take a lot longer to get to that like fun. And, and I remember like, even know, back in the day when you'd, you'd want to join like a custom server and then they'd have like a thousand sound effects. <laughs> like, and then you're just like, I don't want any of this yeah. stuff. You know, you just want to like play the map. So I think it's important that we allow people to do that, but that they do it like in a modding scene yes. and that people can get around that and have fun with that. But then also like that stuff, like our workshop sort of stays like pure to mm. some degree. That way it's super quick and everything you expect to get from our um, our game is is really quick. It's super clean mm. and just gets in there and gets out. Oh, maybe it's a case of splitting it up. Like you have your map workshop and a mod workshop, and like you know, this games that yeah. do it that way. And yeah, like you look at something like Doom, it, how long it took for your know, custom content to make it into there, and then for it to be easy and and easily downloadable. Like that's fairly recent. So I imagine you know with Proteus, there's a workflow to to, to work through there in terms of making sure. it you know very user friendly. And I, I don't doubt that it'll happen because um, yeah, like yeah. it'd be cool if like fully modded like people making custom weapons that you can play other maps with and i can definitely see that happening uh you know down the yeah. track with proteus um because uh, you know yeah for sure i think the scary part content. is like when we when we eventually do consoles and stuff like that um i think the thing that you have to also keep in mind too is that if somebody makes a crazy mod that's gonna crash somebody's console <laughs> yeah and like you know like you, you have to you have to also keep those things in mind yes. so it'll be interesting to see where it goes but um you know like i said uh mike and i coming from the modding scene mm. background that's how we got into games. Um, it would be great to support it in some way. Yeah, very much so. Just mapping. Yeah, very much so. No, that's cool. Um, um, yeah, uh, very excited to see um, what people come up with for that. Um, got one from uh, the uh, inimitable Major Ali. Um, yeah. She of the mug. Um, how do people who usually map for 2D editors like Doom seem to find the Proteus editor? Uh, I see a lot of Doom is working in it, so it must be pretty translatable. Um, how many? I actually, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't no, know how like, how like how easily do they find it? Like so, oh, people who come um, from Doom to I Proteus. I would say like it doesn't seem to be too difficult. Uh, I think the the concept of layers can be a bit difficult because when you're if you've only worked in two D planes and sectors, generally speaking, you haven't been thinking about three D mm. layers and verticality as much, yep. or how those things kind of interlace. And I remember seeing some things like that trip up Dragonfly a little early on with like stair placements and things like that, um, where like the player would like bump their head or, or mm. something like that. Um, but to like that kind of, you kind of get away from that pretty pretty quick and only, it doesn't take too long as no. long as you're... Um, I think, uh, it, yeah, that's just a bit of a thought process change, you know, thinking more in a 3D space rather than a flat plane. Um, yeah. I imagine There's having Dragonfly. I imagine having Dragonfly come into the team from a Doom background and him getting into the editor, and I, I'm pretty sure he would have had some input on how it works. And you know that quick transition it definitely show tells me that it is a very you know, uh, easy editor to get into from a Doom background. Um, yeah, uh, it's not too bad. Like I said, like I think if you have mentorship as well, it even speeds things up even yep. faster. Um, good mentors that can explain 
um, you know, verticality mm-hmm. and how that kind of relates and things like that can always be super useful. So um, it honestly, I don't think it, I don't think it would take too long. Um, and I've seen a lot of uh, Doom mappers making Proteus content. Um, that feels really great. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think that's uh, an issue. It's really what it comes down to is more about how good are you at Q and A and getting thing, getting mm-hmm. your own levels tested yep. and understanding that feedback and usual, usual stuff <laughs> like reworking yeah. um, your things. So that's really all it comes down to is just that iteration. You can, you can change. Like if I had to tomorrow, like if Proteus became a 2d side scroller, like I would have to be able to translate my core thoughts mm. and philosophies into that. And I think uh, a lot of them do translate. Uh, so it's just, it's just about getting that core uh, yeah, and, I'd say that, that that's because I'd, I'd actually class that as something separate from a technical editor switch is that paradigm shift in the way that you think like going from Doom which is just laid out largely on a 2D plane but still viewed in 3D and the side scroller is a pure 2D and then something like Proteus which is or, or Quake even uh, you think it a, you, you map in a 3D space so you just it's just about how you mentally picture things um, right. And you know, with things like visual mode and Doom, and like in um, modern ports, we do have full three D structures that you can make. You know, there are sure. lots of you can you can think like that within the Doom design universe. Um, and you know, it's something that I've had to do over the last couple of years is think more in three D space and like how do I create you know things that actually look like a three D structure in a real like in, a, in an environment. And um, uh, yeah, like judging by yeah, like you got the Rimuraths and Stormcatchers and you know, Dragonfly is obviously on your team. People who have come from Doom. Um, who are very very good mappers just sliding right into it <laughs> yeah. uh, and making the, incredible stuff this actually yeah. touches on something that you mentioned earlier which was you know you said that you like to draw out ideas on you mm. know on paper and i think sometimes though when you're working in 3d if you have an idea that's more 3d it can be difficult to sketch those ideas out on paper so in my opinion sometimes it's just quicker to just get in and throw a giant cube mm. and, and start like messing with shapes and seeing like, you know, how does this look silhouette wise? Like, how does it feel scale wise? Mm. Like, does the player fit on this correctly? How do the enemies move around it? Um, you know, uh, it's, so sometimes it's easier just to mm. get in there and, and do like a super rough sketch before <laughs> you commit to an idea. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's kind of like the other concept of a block out and all those kind of things where you can throw out a broad shape. How does this work? Like, Get in, get get in in a, in a place where you can actually load it in the game and go, you know, look around. And go, How does this feel? And uh, you know, um, I, when I made the I made a boss arena relatively recently, and that was very much an early process. Like, create the space, the play area, and go like, How does this feel? Does this feel right? Before you actually get stuck into uh, the nitty gritty. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, any more? Oh, there's one question from. Thorogrim. Uh, I was wondering if the AI will if the AI will see uh, any changes in future updates, like more aggression, smarter enemies, or will this introduce an imbalance? I think what what would happen on that because our our AIs are follow us a very simple philosophy, um, the way that Mike has built them, and I I completely agree with this the way that he's done it too, which is they have several attacks that they just randomly choose from which eliminates a lot of mm. what we call edge cases where they can break. Mm. Like if you have to put logic in something like he'll only do this if this is the case or whatever. So you remove, you reduce that down to tool based attacks. So like this laser beam that 
the sniper uses will always hit the player if they're exposed to it. Yep. Um, things like that, you know, you don't really need to change those. Um, but what we do, what you can do, is with the difficulty settings. And I do think that we will be updating or changing our difficulties a little bit more to incorporate more things. Like every once in a while, Mike will sit down and have time to go through the difficulties and go, okay, well, uh, a really simple one that we might be able to do in the future, which is, let's say you you're on ultra hard and or on super or on ultra easy, like it's about the same where a, a shotgunner will see you and then move a distance and then stop and then shoot, mm. but that distance might not change on difficulties. Whereas if we change that distance on ultra hard to where as soon as they see you, they stop. Mm. Or if they get too close to you, they stop and shoot. That will make them way more hard, like mm. difficult. Like there's just no question about it. To like the, the crazy thing is shotgunners used to be way harder, like mm. impossibly hard. People actually really hated them. Sounds like <laughs> and, blood. <laughs> uh, we actually had to dial it back. And mm. I and I think we would have gotten like a crap ton of negative reviews if we left them the way they were, <laughs> because essentially they would shoot you on site um, and never they don't have a tell sign. But yeah, like, like playing blood. Sign, <laughs> yeah, it's like blood it's cultists. really crazy. Um, but I think, for example, the tell sign where he like, He'll like chuk chuk and then aim mm. and then give you a second. Yep. We can actually just potentially in the settings, we could just speed that Short process that up. up. Yeah. So where he sees you and just turns, yeah. you know, just goes right away. Now, is that going to be a good change? Is that going to be fun? I don't know. Mm. You know, you, you get into it and you realize that there's four shotgunners in a fight and your health is down to like, yeah, just get 10, one, just get one right hit. Away. Yeah. So I think there's, there's, there's definitely balance to be had. Yep. Um, I think the tweaking would be more, yeah, there's just more things to do with that type of stuff. But I think the tweaking would be more in terms of the, um, of the difficulty settings. Cause yep. we have like six difficulties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like just making the tweaks inside there would be, would be the way to go. Yeah. Cause um, you know, Doom Eternal does that. Like the monsters are more aggressive and faster on harder difficulties. I think like if you get that right, it is a really good way to, make the game feel the same based like independent of a player's individual skill like they all get a similar yep. experience but if you are better or want a more challenge you, you do that and just those little changes do make it a lot harder and a lot more you know you've got to have better reaction time and make decisions quicker sure. and make better decisions and you know you get punished for mistakes you know if you wander into that room with the four shotgunners and just go oh Hi guys, and they'll kill you. <laughs> um, yeah, whereas on the lower difficulties, you can wander so in this and, is where and I die. yeah, probably take out take out two of them, take a little bit of damage, and and continue the fight. Um, right? But, yeah, um, I think there's 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 some interesting things to be to be said about about setups and and <laughs> in the way that that kind of like plays out for sure. Yeah. Um, just going to acknowledge Warren's question, which we actually covered earlier, was uh, which is what was what the inspiration for the Proteus. Oh, I said pretty style of level design, but yeah, we did cover like inspiration and ideas earlier. Um, yeah, uh, Warren at the beginning, uh, near the beginning of the podcast. Uh, so if you if you listen to yeah, that. Warren, where were you? Yeah, come on, okay. guys. <laughs> um, so we're getting we're getting close to finish time. Uh, if anyone's got any other questions, you've got probably about a minute to get them in. Um, uh, anything else you want to just quickly bring up, Jason? Any shout outs or? Your words of wisdom, I mean, nug nuggets of inspiration. Yeah. Words of wisdom, yes. Inspire the masses. Uh, always have a, re uh, a loaded shotgun <laughs> yeah. when you enter a fight. This is don't smart. Go, you yeah. know, don't go in unloaded. Yeah, yeah. Always, yeah, always make um, sure your weapons are loaded before you go into a fight. It's a good one. Yeah. 
Well, I think I think what you're doing here is is pretty great, uh, Bridge. Just to, just to touch base on, like, I noticed that you were also doing um, you sort of switching up your your like home base to be more about other indies mm. or other projects as well. And I think that's really great. And it's it's also something that I've seen um, really fantastic with that E1 M1 magazine mm. yep. that's coming that's kind of circulating the the circuit right now. Is that they're they're really finding all these people. That you've never heard of mm. before, and they're and they're bringing them into the um, uh, the light the light a little bit more. And I think I I also would like to jump in on that train at some point um, for sure. Like maybe the skin idea or something like mm. that. And I think I think what we're doing is is important. And I think it's important to always like kind of hold up the community yep. and to keep talking about them. Um, there's so many cool projects that are being made right now. And then like the new ones that are coming out and there's, it's just a great, it feels so. It's kind of a candy shop you, kind of material. Yeah. There's so much out there. <laughs> you recently joined in on, on uh, one of the chats that we're, that we're in. And um, before, uh, before that, when we were doing Realms Deep originally, mm. uh, it, it felt like, and I said this to the, to the group that it, it, this feels like back in the heyday, where like Romero and Carmack mm. and like Raven and you know 3D Realms and like uh, and it, they were all kind of just everybody was was somewhat friends and, and knew each other and mm. um, you know obviously Raven and Id you know knew each other and, and stuff like that and it just it felt like this really cool cohesive community we were all coming together to make something cool happen and it still feels like that right now like with mm. all these indies making stuff and. And everybody just wanting to like hold each other up that are making like exceptional content and mm. like really cool stuff. It just it feels like a really great time right now. So I I, I applaud you for also uh, stretching out your your reach to do mm. that as well. Yeah, because like yeah, the, the, obviously the focus for me is, is is largely Doom related stuff. But yeah, kind of like all these really cool projects that you know might not get out into the wider you know FPS community. So, oh, I can provide a bit of a a bit of a nudge. And um, like just touching on what you said about like how friendly and like kind of like community-based feel things feel i was really surprised like pleasantly at how positive everyone is. like you get the odd kind of bad apple nasty person like you know that's that's sure. that's humans but um that comes with the territory exactly broadly <laughs> like across the board um right from like you know pretty consummate professionals um who've been doing this as a living for a long time to people who are just breaking out into it to people who are doing passion projects for free everyone like there's just so much enthusiasm and uh, you know, like you say, E1 M1 is tapping into that realm. Deep as a part of that, you know, um, and you got the big players like New Blood, who you know, uh, Dave Osher, you can't, you cannot say he's not enthusiastic about all things FPS, and he he sure. puts weight behind small passion projects that he likes, and um, and it's 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 fantastic. It's just such such a good creative environment um, when you get all the support, both like you know, just emotional, moral, and uh, uh, you know, but also like technical support from these people who know more than you or have skills and they're like yeah i'll come and help you out Absolutely. and you know you just people just coming out of coming out of the woodwork to 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 give you a boost and it's fucking fantastic that um yeah just how awesome everything is. it's just like this, yeah. is, this is too much fun <laughs> like, I, like i said like so there was a period of time somebody said this in our chat the other day right where they were like they asked me how do i feel about the amount of rainbow colors that are like everywhere in the in the industry in the the AAA industry and you know, there was a time where around Gears of War, there every game that came out was just brown, <laughs> and um, and it sort of I, I sort of likened this back to like 
even like the retro shooters, like where there was a time period where you could have all your weapons and you could have as many, you know, encounters and, and cool spaces. And then that kind of dipped out when consoles started coming around mm. and like you could only have two weapons streamed in at a time or, you know, there were so many limitations. And now <laughs> we're sort of getting back to the point where we were like 20 years yeah, ago feels like where now it's like, no, now it's about the core feeling of the game, and now you can have your your enemies, and you can have the um, as many cool weapons as you want, and the design is changing back to this, mm. and it feels like we're at this this age now that's sort of resurging back yes. to the core of what we all love. Yeah, and, and it's, what we I think it's a lot of that's because of these these passion mappers from the '90s who played those old games are now making these games. So yeah, you know, that like you said, it's you know a good. T- you know, Tyon, you've pointed out there, it feels like Carmack. Yeah, you know, it feels like the old, the old days, uh, community-wise. But also, you know, people who grew up playing these games that you could have it all kind of thing. You, you know, you could do whatever you want within that engine. People are now doing that, and you can have your you have you know twenty-five enemies in progress or whatever you've got cooking up in your head. So, yeah, <laughs> same, same. You, know, you, you can you can do that, or you can make crot, which is brown as fuck. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> that's uh, sort of the, the other joke right <laughs> the prod exists and it's a wonderful game yeah it, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful experience and it's just brown and i love it <laughs> oops all brown um oh you know you look at like a medieval which has a completely different enemy set for every episode so i don't know oh, I love 45 it. or something different monsters probably maybe more oh my gosh yeah. you know what to, to be honest with you so that was one of the things that i uh i can bring up real quick is that when i when we finished early access and i took like a week off and then i was like you know what i'm gonna play through all of the retro shooters that came out recently it was such a joy to play through dusk a medieval um you know wrath and just every single game had its own yes like feel feel, its own aesthetic and and then I saw our game and like its place in there, and I mm. said, "Well, our game is like completely different than like all of these other games." And it just felt so good, like just to see all of this happening and mm. like all the different variations and, and things oh, like that. Impressive and variety. Like Core decay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just uh, it was like it's just it's fun mm. and it's and it's really exciting. And I haven't been this excited for for games in such a long time so <laughs> it's it's really great yeah. <laughs> and i think i think we're all in for a treat no definitely and i think you know you, you, you just call it like, you know it's talking about a new age of fps and i think it's fair to call it a golden age like you know there's a concern of like glut you know market oversaturation but you look at the variety and just the kind of objective quality of the products and it's like these are all really good like you might not like them all like you'll have your favorites but it's not because sure. it's a bad game per se. It's because it's like it's not my style, or I prefer this kind of combat, or whatever. Um, and there'll yeah. be there's my and you know you know you've got the Graven coming out, which is again very different. You said mentioned quarter game, which is a very different feel as well. Kind of maybe some slightly similar visuals to Proteus, but it's much more of an RPG kind of um, feel to it. You know, a lot more out of combat things to do, and um, mm-hmm. and, and you know even though kind of like Dusk and the Medieval, which came out the summer time, they feel completely different, and your Proteus feels completely Absolutely. different, and it's 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 a great time to be a gamer. Um, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's fantastic. I'm excited about it, and I mm. hope that uh, I hope that like you know we bring a new age of hell around. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, a new age is coming. Um, Any you know, you know, supplies in Salako, which is a fair um, based uh, shooter in the GZ, like yeah, just so many things to be excited about, and um, 
Uh, if you are anyone who's uh, is interested in keeping track of these things, uh, the E1M1 Discord is a really good place to like get a snapshot of everything that's being made. Absolutely. Um, uh, there's a link in the Hellforge um, to get there. Those guys are in the bushes too. Like they're sitting outside of people's like apartments, looking through their windows. <laughs> yeah. It's like. You make a game. You. It's like no, no. Come here. Make a game. What are you working on? What is it called? Like, oh, I'm just messing around in my in my room. It's like cool. I'm gonna write an article about it. You know. Like, let's put you on the front cover. Like, let's get you. Let's get you going. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Like, the amount of stuff that they find that I've never seen before is just like Zach is a machine. Yeah, it's like it's like this shit is is it, it obviously goes way deeper than we're expecting. You know, there's just this rabbit hole of stuff that we've never even mm. seen before that's still coming out. And I, uh, yeah, I'm just it's, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think that is a, a probably a good point to end on the, the great yes, state great state of uh, FPS gaming. Um, so uh, yeah, thanks again for for uh, joining me, uh, Jason. It's a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. I mean, thanks for having me, Bridge. And I, like I said, everybody, um, we're doing a contest for MapCore right now. If you want to join in, join the, the Proteus Discord um, or just, you know, it's on the front page of the game. So if you open the main menu, there's a Discord link there. Yeah, it um, ends at the end of this month. Um, I'm going to be doing map reviews here pretty soon. So if you want your map to be reviewed or get got feedback on it uh, before the contest ends, feel free to shoot me a thing. And other than that, you know, just keep an eye out for more major updates coming. Um, there's lots of cool stuff coming down the pipe. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting year and uh, I'm very excited about it. So looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, special, special shout outs to you, Bridge. Thank you so much for having me on. I know this is like the this is like the you're the, the test case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have to bring me back at some point Definitely. so we can continue discussing this because I, I, I do enjoy discussing level design. No, and uh, I, I think uh, that's uh, me too. And I think uh, we could we could definitely talk for hours. Um, yep. and, uh, <laughs> ostensibly, this has been this is going to become a, this is a level design themed podcast. So um, I'll, I'll, uh, you signed up again for part two. Uh, we can right. uh, we can deep Fantastic. dive on that deep dive on that properly. Um, <laughs> cool. So, no, thanks. Uh, uh, yeah, um, thanks everyone for watching. Um, this will be up on uh, YouTube channel uh, short, uh, about a week or so. Um, so, if you've missed some of it, don't worry. I'll be highlighting the VOD on Twitch as well. Um, and then it will actually be released through various uh, podcast, actual podcast platforms as well. So, uh, that's the plan anyway. So, yeah, no stress if you've missed a section. And uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Jason, again. And uh, we will see you next time. All right. Cheers. Take it easy, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>